Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trapeski. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. It's Tracy here. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. Oh my gosh. Today's episode is a good one. I confess I know slightly more than nothing about the e-commerce and dropshipping space. So talking with today's guest taught me a ton and we talked entrepreneur and money mindset. So good. If you've been thinking about starting a business of your own, but you're not sure what kind of business or where to start, listen to this episode and take notes. Jaden Vu joins us today of Launchers Academy and is dropping some serious wisdom. I love how Jaden and his team have created an academy to help those new to e-commerce and drop shipping build a successful online shop. What I love the most is his advice about mindset. As opposed to service businesses where we talk a lot about getting super specific and slim into a niche, Jaden advises being flexible and product specific in the e-commerce and dropshipping space. He says that what's necessary for success in this space is first being flexible and willing to test out products until you find what works. Then you can build a brand to get niche specific if you want. I found this really fascinating. I think you will too. We talked left brain versus right brain and how to balance that out inside of your business. We also went on a bit of a tangent. And within that, Jaden dropped some really great insights about money mindset. Make sure you perk your ears up when you get to that part. It's so good. Jaden shares his best advice, which is one, you can't win if you're sleeping when your competitors are working. He says we all have 24 hours each day. Most people sleep eight or try to, and then use the remaining 16 for work, taking care of business, et cetera. He said he generally sleeps five to six hours and uses that extra time, those extra two to three hours to get ahead on his goals. The second piece of advice he shares is to acquire applicable knowledge. The more you learn, the more you earn. So whether you're employed or you're the one running the show, you will increase your ability to earn more when you broaden your horizons and continue learning. You won't want to miss his quote about complacency, where he says, basically, it's the enemy of growth. This episode is chock full of really great information, really, really solid mindset tips. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Jaden and his amazing journey. Jaden, it's so good to see you. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, thank you, Tracy, for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you and uh, really just uh, having some fun providing. Yeah, 
Likewise, likewise. Well, you know, for our listeners, it took us a few minutes to get on with the love of technology. So I'm glad that it worked out. I was worried we would have to reschedule. So uh, technology issues on my end, but um, I'm thrilled that you're here. And I'm really grateful that um, that you waited for me to be able to get logged on so we could do it. So mm-hmm. excited to, to dive in. Um, before we get started, I really like to tell our listeners where you're located uh, right now. Yeah, I'm located in Toronto, uh, Canada. So if any of your lovely listeners are in Canada, all the power to the Canadians. Or if you're in Toronto, you know, awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I do bounce back, you know, between here and there um, in the U.S., but mainly Toronto. Wonderful. Well, I am, I'm excited to share your journey with our listeners and your story. And I really like to kind of open each interview with allowing you to share with us where you want to start and then we'll take the journey from there. So tell us a little bit about what you do and then maybe either work it forward or backwards from there. Yeah. So um, I'm one of the co-founders of an e-commerce uh, coaching platform. So we kind of teach people how with completely no experience of how to open up an e-commerce store and then start marketing and scaling a product and build a brand off of that. So that's what awesome. we do. Now, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. So you let me know specifically because I can spend four hours going over my entire story. So um, you kind of let me know. Bullet how... point for us. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't grow up an entrepreneur. I was what you call an accidental entrepreneur in a sense that, uh, you know, at the time I didn't even know what the word was, but now it's kind of like a badge of honor to like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. You just throw it on yourself. Right. Right. People like that word. It's kind of like it's, it's live, it's livid. It's uh, refreshing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's freedom someone right uh, but the time for me it was just a means to an end so it was just survival um i became an actual entrepreneur because um if a lot of your audience can relate i don't like you know being told what to do i like to call the shots myself i like to be left alone i don't like to be micromanaged um so at the time i made that transition when i was 23 i was in the sales industry and i was very good at what i did and i decided i Maybe it was my own ego at the time, but I decided that, you know, I was way too good for the company that I'm better off opening up shop, run my own company and make more money as opposed to mitching, making all the uplines and managers, you know, more money off my efforts. So that kind of happened. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't grow up an entrepreneur. Most people don't really grow up an entrepreneur. Um, so for me, it was just, I just wanted to take call the shots. I wanted to be the boss. I wanted to be the cool guy at the very top. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, they, they say that there's no freer job really than being an entrepreneur. I think mm, that probably has, you know, multiple layers to it, but it's true that we, you know, there's not a limit. There's no upper limit to our earnings. If we learn how to scale properly. Right. And you were, you mentioned that, that you teach people how to market and scale, you know, for those of us who are in the coaching industry, the biggest challenge I think is when we reach our personal capacity, and then we need to figure out how our company can create more capacity, right? Scaling only goes so far if it's just one person. So I'm curious if, is it just you? You said you're a co-founder. So you have, you have someone else that you work with. So how does it, how does your company work? How do you serve your clients? Yeah, great question. So it's uh, me and two other co-founders, so the three of us. Um, how we serve our customers is we basically take them from point A of absolutely no experience of e-commerce, marketing, product finding, how to build a brand, social media, all that, all the works, right, of what it takes from, you know, how to build the next Apple, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, of products. So we would uh, teach them the A to Z of exactly all the steps you need in terms of how to go, you know, talk to suppliers, find your products how to open up a store on Shopify, 
how to start marketing your product, um, and then how to start running ads with it. And then finally, the ultimate stage is teaching you how to build a brand. So work with influencers, um, you know, how to generate content for your social media and all the work. So uh, really at the end of the day, we walk them through hand by hand um, until they get to the point where they're successful enough to be able to open up their own brand. Hmm. How interesting. So is it kind of, is it like not done for you, but is it kind of like a paint by numbers? Like you teach, there's a the formula to it and you teach people how to apply it, or is it different for each type of, of business that people want to open? Yeah. Great question. So I am a person, this is just my own personal bias. I'm against the done for you services. Um, I'm more of a person that would rather, you know, teach you how to fish than just give you a fish. Cause I think people at the end of the day need to know how to run their own business. And I had this debate um, about two weeks ago with uh, another entrepreneur where it's great to have the done for you service because maybe you're another really like busy entrepreneur and it's just like collecting another source of income. For me, regardless of how busy I am, it's more like just the risk of not knowing what you're doing. And the best way to paint the picture is let's just say you paid a company to open up a shop for you or a service for you and you don't have any like hands-on tasks with it. If one day, you know, you start seeing your sales dip and then uh, you're wondering why it's been going so good, but then after like a week or so, it's going really bad. You can't dig into your own business and go like, you know, where are the, where are the cracks? Where are the holes? Is there something wrong with the marketing? Is there something wrong with operations? You don't know that because you've never built an actual business. You just paid someone to do it for you. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I'm more of like a teach you how to fish as supposed to give you a fish. So just like what you're saying there, Tracy, we have the formula. We teach people, um, you know, you know, holding their hand of exactly how to apply and execute our formula for themselves. Um, so mm -hmm. getting them to exactly understand how the business works as a whole. I love that. I think I personally, I mean, unless it's something that's really like you were saying, like it's a side business or it's another business and you have someone else who's going to learn how to do it. But even in that case, I think if you're hiring somebody to do the work for you, you're hiring somebody who know, who is going to learn how to do it right? Still the done for you is maybe not the best way, but what's happening, I think for your clients is they get to understand it really well. I think it increases their chances of longer term success. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's that way they can also branch off and build their own business or, um, you know, maybe teach it themselves based on what they found in success. But uh, yeah, I like everyone to be able to kind of understand what they're building. And if something's wrong, it's not like, Hey, Jaden, uh, what's going on? I don't understand. It's just more like, here are the problems and I know how to fix it myself. Mm -hmm. Be That's the student great. and then the teacher. So how long have you been in business? I've been in this specific business. We launched uh, two years ago, but I've been a okay. senior entrepreneur for seven years um, okay. and I have multiple businesses. So Launches Academy is my company. Um, that's what I'm focused primarily on right now. Um, but we've launched two years ago. Wow. And, and I would imagine, okay, so two years ago, like into early pandemic lockdowns in North America, are your clients mostly in North America then, or are they all over the world? No, they're all over the world. So okay. the beauty of e-commerce is the global thing. So we have students all over the world, um, even in places that I thought at the time when we launched the company, we would never get. So some of our best students are from like South Africa, Zimbabwe, France, Italy, not a lot of Canadians in US, I would think, um, but we have students all over the world, New Zealand, Australia, UK, um, and the list goes on and on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's very interesting, but it's kind of like building on that whole like connection and, you know, being able, especially because in light of the pandemic, um, everyone just more online now, right? They mm-hmm. want to connect with people that are not just local. They're making friends they've never seen before in person and starting a business that allows them the freedom to be online. Because when we're in lockdown, you're not going to walk into a physical store and clock into your nine to five because that wasn't an opportunity. So um, right. I would just say the beauty of e-commerce is getting larger and more adamant for a lot of people to really consider as opposed to just a thought. Mm-hmm. Got it. Amazing. And do most of your clients, is this, does it start as sort of a side hustle or does this, is this their main source of income? Yeah. Um, great question. So for a majority of our students, it is a you know, side hustle. And then with the long-term goal of turning it to like a full-time gig, um, but just with e-commerce, you know, you're not going to expect to get in and become rich right away. Like it's, it's like any business, you have to build the foundations and all that, you know, hard work, put it in. Um, and then once you get to the point where you're scaling and you can automate it, yeah, it becomes a full-time thing. But majority of our students are um, having nine to five or two nine to fives. I mean, then jumping to this and we, occasionally we have the, you know, students here and there that do this only full-time. Um, but those are people that's already made money, but they just want to kind of like be able to kind of scale it to the next level. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that maybe some of our listeners might want to like hear again, right? It takes a while to scale. We have to put the systems in place. It's hard to automate something that's not ready to grow. (laughs) And if we grow before we put systems in place, then we grow our problems. Um, I've had that experience with my own business where I've missed some details. I've had that experience watching my clients go through that and, you know, scaling their problems because their systems aren't solid. And I think, you know, something for us all to remember is it's not really our hustle that helps us grow. It's our systems, Mm -hmm. the systems that we put in place within the company and, and all of that. So I think that's, that's really cool that you're teaching people how to, how to look for that, how to troubleshoot also how to see, I'm imagining where the opportunities are like understanding at some point, it may be, you know, number of units sold or whatever it might be that there, there must be a tipping point at which, okay, now we're looking at, now we can look at how to get it automated and how to, how to scale and grow. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, like there's the beauty of being able to kind of be around a coach, like yourself there, Tracy and myself uh, in our specific industry for whoever our ideal client is, is being able to kind of walk them through the milestones that we've already went through ourselves. Um, and I just want to pause here and just bring up something that I want to kind of give to your audience as well, just so they have, um, you know, a, a great picture in their mind. Um, in terms of numbers, you know, what one of my mentors in the past said um, specifically is, you know, when you're going from zero to 10,000, that's just validating uh, a service or a product. When you're going from 10,000 to your first six figures, 100,000 and more, that's just you putting in a lot of work and getting somewhat lucky. However, from 100,000 to a million, that those are systems in place. You cannot get to a million dollars or higher than wherever you are during that six-figure realm if you don't have operations, fulfillment, and systems in place that it's automated and repeatable. And if you want to scale further, it's all about systems. And I just want to kind of bring that up uh, as you're making that note as you were speaking earlier. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. I've, I remind my clients that there's there are multiple stages at which your business demands up-leveling as a leader, as the CEO, as the decision maker, all of those things. There is something that happens between 
anywhere from four to 500,000 to the million, there's something that shifts. And that first seven figure mark is like, okay. But if it's not, if the systems are not in place, that's not sustainable. And so for people who are aiming, well, first of all, if you're, if you're doing anything and your number one goal is to get rich, you might want to slow it down a little bit. So there's that, but, you know, let's say, yeah, my ultimate goal is to take this into the seven and, you know, consistent seven or even eight figures and beyond. Okay, great. So the key is, is to become brilliant at systems. It's not about sales. It's not about what you do, who you do it for. It's, I mean, all of that stuff is important, but it's really the systems. It's just, exactly. it's, it, it'll eat you alive. <laughs> no, 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 I get that all the time. Swallow you whole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I get that all the time. I'm, I'm more of a right brainer as opposed mm-hmm. to left brainer. And the difference is left brainers um, is more so very organized, very detailed, step-by-step numbers. And they have to get everything, you know, completely just in line. I'm more right brainers are more like all over the place, but they're very chaotic, uh, chaotic geniuses. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, they're very creative. They're mm-hmm. very visual and they see things in like hundreds of colors. I'm kind of like that. Um, and my COO, my, my chief operating officer always like, you know, typically a CEO and a COO is kind of like the battle between like, you know, you need to stay in check. Um, and then the CEO is like, no, I want to do this, but let's do this. Let's do that. And it's kind of like, you know, you need to stay in one lane and focus on that lane. And I have that battle all the time. Um, and it's a good marriage between, you know, um, her and I. Um, but, uh, you know, the beauty of the coach as well, because I do have a coach. Um, I don't recommend anyone to never consider having a coach, no matter how much money you make. Because, you know, coaches are always going to not only uplift you, but keep you more accountable than the people around you, um, more of a professional uh, manner. But, uh, you know, my, my coach, she always gets me to just settle down and, like, you have a million things going on and only one of them will be great idea, you know, a great idea. Um, but I have this internal battle all the time with, uh, in terms of creativity and also organization. And, uh, <laughs> when it comes to systems, I suck at that, but I value systems more as I go as we're automating. But, uh, yeah, honestly, one thing I want to drive home for your audience is if, whether you're a left brainer or right brainer, um, if you are a right brainer, you're more creative, Get someone that's a left brainer, someone that can keep you organized. If you're a left brainer, awesome. Let's go find someone that's more creative that can really help you, you know, bring the vision to life. But uh, being organized is probably your million dollar secret um, and having systems set in place. For sure. I am. It's funny because I have an, I have a, an operations background. I'm really good at helping other people get organized. And in my own business, and just I think in the way I function in general, I've learned that I have lots of systems in place because I'm right brained. Mm -hmm. And it, I think, you know, probably like undiagnosed ADHD. And my coping was to put systems in place. I had a teacher who took a great interest in me, who taught me how to get myself organized, you know, before we knew anything about these things. And second grade, <laughs> I still remember her name, Miss Morgan. And, she, and that has been the thing that's helped me, you know, go to grad school to start a business, to, you know, work in the corporate world, start a business. And so I love that, you know, there, now we understand it better than, you know, it's a really long time ago. I won't say how many years ago, long time ago, you know, now we can say, okay, we, we can develop some skills. Like we can put systems in place and we can do that. If that kind of stuff is really draining and feels impeding, find a way to bring someone in 
who can counterbalance that. Don't try to hire a bunch of people or work with a bunch of people who are just like you. It's, it's not a good idea. <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah. uh, no one's going to be able to be accountable for each other. If you work hmm. with the same people. Yeah. Yeah. If we're all the same, I mean, we'll be either really creative or really organized, but we won't have some of that balance. And we really do need that balance in business, no matter what it is that we're doing. Systems and organization are the things that we can use to help us grow and scale our business, period. So I think that's a really important point, especially for people who are starting out or who might be getting to a place where you're feeling those growing pains. I have a client right now who's going through that. They they were already growing, but in during the last two years, almost tripled in size of, you know, demand flow and staff team. And, um, Ooh, they're feeling it because mm-hmm. they can't operate the same way that they did before. You know, the kind of little bit laid back approach does not work when you've got, you know, two physical locations and all these other things going on. And I can't remember how many people, but, you know, more than 12, I think it's closer to 20. So it's interesting, right? And the big growing pain is like, whoo, the systems we had before really don't work now. Yeah. Um, and you brought up a quote um, that I, I love to say a lot to my team as well is complacency is the enemy of growth. Mm. Uh, that no matter how large and how great you've been in the past or how you come, that is not going to allow you to be able to grow even further. Right. Um, it kind mm-hmm. of like roots back to Warren Buffett, one of the best investors in the world. Um, his quote is literally the enemy of growth is, you know, comfort. You cannot mm-hmm. grow if you're not uncomfortable. You know, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Entrepreneurship is a lot of that, right? Even if human nature wants to go back to what's comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm experiencing this too. And I see it in my clients. If I'm uncomfortable and I'm wanting to, you know, move away from that or squeeze away from it and get back to comfort, I try to get curious. I try to just pause and go, Oh, okay. hmm, This is some discomfort. This is interesting. I remember that discomfort is associated with growth. If I'm really uncomfortable in this growth, do I have a system that can help me create a little comfort or become more comfortable with this discomfort? And it's, you know, it's, I feel like it's a little bit of a balance because on the one hand, we want to be really happy with what we have and grateful for what we have and where we're at. If we're not, if we don't have that in place, sometimes we make decisions out of, I think more like fear or lack. So it's a, it's kind of a delicate balance, but of course we want to strive for more and grow because as entrepreneurs, I think we're wired up to see what else is possible. What limit can I push now, Mm -hmm. but bring your systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> set your systems and you will yeah. set your business on automatic mode. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you also, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because I'm curious about, you also have a podcast. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and go ahead and plug it and tell people where they can find it as well. Yeah. So our podcast, um, it's called the Launchers of Academy uh, podcast. And you can find it majorly everywhere, primarily people listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So whatever means that you like to listen to outside of the two major ones. But our podcast, um, we specifically just niche down um, in regards to e-commerce and drop shipping. So we really just help people understand the basics um, and specific strategies to help them have a good head start as they're diving into it. So it's a great podcast for anyone that's completely new, 
um, and they've had e-commerce or drop shipping in the back of their mind and they are fearful or they are in a position of not knowing where to turn to, you know, for great information or just general information. Um, that's where my podcast would appeal to you specifically um, and the audience specifically. I love it. So for our serial entrepreneurs or people who are maybe considering becoming an entrepreneur, this could be a really viable option to do, to move into e-commerce or dropshipping. I think it's, I'm fascinated actually by the, the different niches that people pop into. Like I know somebody who very specific, I think through eBay, if I remember right, was doing like Mary Kay reselling and killing it, <laughs> making, you know, high six figures every year. I was like reselling Mary Kay, who knew, right? With cosmetic products. Of course, like, That's yeah. amazing. You, we find we find, you know, interesting niches. Do speaking of niches, do you recommend that your students and clients like niche get into a specific niche if they're starting, you know, drop shipping or, or e-commerce or do you, are they more general? Yeah, great question. So they're more general. Um, mm-hmm. A line that I like to say to all my students is don't be niche specific, be product focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to elaborate that even further is we're in like an economy now where people are just buying things in the moment and the spur things or trends are always coming and go. And um, a lot of people that get into e-commerce on the niche specific side, they don't tend to see the results they want. And the reason why it doesn't work is because, you know, you cannot determine what niche is going to be you know, popular right now, because, you know, people's buying behaviors and interests change like underwear, like it's just so fast, we can't right. control it. Um, but with products, if you can really monetize and capitalize on specific products at the right time with the right market fit, then it kind of just takes over. And the paint, the picture that I paint to all my students and also on the podcast is, let's just say you have John and Bob who want to get into e-commerce and, uh, you know, drop shipping. Um, John is very fitness focused because he goes to the gym seven days a week and he has ripped abs and stuff like that. He drinks protein shakes like a madman, right? So he's all gung-ho about that. So he's only focused on fitness products. Then you have John, you know, Bob over here um, and his goal is just to make money. So Bob's going to test a lot of products where John just focused on fitness. But where the success comes from is because if uh, Bob is testing a pet product and people are loving like buying pet products in this current market uh, right now, he's going to make more money while John is going to sit there playing with his thumbs because he's like, why are these fitness products not selling? And how long can you wait before you make money with this to see no results? Um, So the person that is more product focused as opposed to niche specific will win when it comes specifically to e-commerce and drop shipping. And then the next step outside of being general and just finding products, then you can be niche specific because now you can double down on what's already selling and making money and what's really working. Mm-hmm. Um, then you kind of build a brand off of that because brands last forever. Products really have some momentum, but they don't have the fire to go on forever. I think that's really interesting to hear that, right? Because in the services world, we would recommend, you know, narrowing, narrow, 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 narrow that niche. Mm-hmm. But this, so what I'm, you know, for me, what I'm hearing is it's really important to bring a sense of flexibility, but also like some personal resilience, right? So like looking at Bob, Bob's going, all right, so that product wasn't really working. We tested it for however long, seemed like whatever. So now we're going to look at these and try these a little bit more ability to, to flex and flow and not be locked into something 
but then it seems like what you're saying is like once once Bob gets really clear on what does work and maybe it's a family of products or a, t- a type or whatever, that from there he could become more niche specific if he wanted to. Exactly. So having it. some flexibility, as you said, um, is really important when it comes to e-commerce and um, drop shipping specifically. Like, you know, I'm only talking about this. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, something like a service, the more niche you are, the more focused you are. Um, the better, right? Because I'm a fully a believer because I am a business uh, person myself. Um, 80% of your revenue will come from 20% of your focused uh, clients. So I'm all about that. Um, yeah. But specifically to e-commerce and drop shipping, you have to be open to every niche and you have to be very, very unfocused when it comes to the products you're testing and have flexibility with it. But mm-hmm. once you find that winner, what I like to call the unicorn, then yeah, you go really double down. You go very niche specific. If you never liked the beauty market, awesome. You're going to force yourself to love it because you're making $10,000 a month. Yeah, uh, so I can the, fall in love with it for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It pays the bills and uh, at the end of the day, it keeps you happy because it allows you to yeah. have more freedom to do other things as opposed to ripping your hair out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Sweating but, bullets every time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, my general advice for anyone that is listening and they're like, I want to get into drop shipping e-commerce is don't really, you know, have all your eggs in one basket for a specific niche. That's where you tend to go wrong and don't make any money because there's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, be passionate about a niche. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm passionate about certain things, but if it doesn't make me any money, then what good is my passion? At the end of the day, right? So I need to pay bills as well. So, you know, million dollar advice. So you don't waste your time and money if you're listening and you want to get into this industry, just find out whatever product, right? Um, and then fall in love with what whatever product it is and the niche. And then you fall in love even more when you see all the cha-chings coming in from your, you know, your phone <laughs> notifications. That's right. And it's so funny because we did, you know, in a little bit joking, tongue in cheek here that we're talking out both sides of our faces, right? Don't come into this just to be wealthy, but it's really important to be able to pay our bills. I mean, this is, it, I don't want anybody walking around in scarcity mindset, but the reality of life is we exchange currency for lights, heat for people who are still up North and cold, <laughs> it's cold here in the South right now. Um, <laughs> you know, internet connection and whatnot, food, like we, we pay, you know, whatever currency we use for that. So we have to live in reality, even if we have stars in our eyes and, and we can, like you were saying, you can still have a passion for something. And, and if you, if, if you can monetize that passion, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's a very expensive hobby and that's all well and good. Exactly. Um, you know, but, but um, we, we got to pay the bills. I mean, that's just, that's life. That's the way it goes. And we yeah, can do that wanna, with great abundance. And sorry, I just want to interject in a sense that, you know, the way I also want your audience to kind of view money as is because um, some people are not driven by money. Uh, I, at a very early age, I understood that, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are not driven by money. They're driven by contribution and impact uh, per se. Um, and something that I had to learn the hard way because I'm not money driven, but I love money, right? The more money I yeah. make, the more happier I become because it allows me to do things that I wouldn't be able to do with no money. Um, but I would just say if your goal is not to make money, but your goal is to be able to make an impact or a contribution to you and your family or to the world. But you can only do that with power and financial you know, uh, resources. And uh, the best feeling for me and if you can relate there, Tracy, is um, 
when any of my family members are ever sick or in a hospital around the world or of the case may be, which is a true story because my cousin was sick. Um, he, you know, he had terminal, um, he was stage three, and, but he's in remission now. So thank God. Um, but the moment of freedom I realized was when I heard the call, dropped everything, did was not about money. It was not about time off, was nothing about talking to the boss and going like, I need to go fly to, um, you know, visit my cousin so-and-so. But literally I dropped at the, at the hat went over, bought my ticket, didn't care how much it cost, went over there, spent months just literally holding his hand and uh, did not care about, you know, whether the money was coming in. But I only had that freedom because everything was already built, right? I had the freedom because money is already there. Um, so taking a step back, that's what more money allows me to do, to spend time with my loved ones and not have to worry about, is my lights going to be on when I come back? Um, am I going to be able to put food on the table? Um, am I going to be kicked out or evicted? Or am I going to have to borrow money from a friend and family? Because money is a stressful topic when you don't mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's a really important point too. We don't always have to do the passion for a job. I think some people get that idea of entrepreneurship, but you know, I, when I think of entrepreneurship and people who have been really successful, sometimes they're following their passion. Sometimes they see a gap in the market and their brain lights up and they find a way to fill it. And there is so much freedom in building a business to the point where it's providing abundantly it's automated and the systems help it keep going. So if you have a family emergency, God forbid, you know, and need to take time and resources, financial resources to go, you know, be part of that and, and contribute in whatever way you can, like it makes it easy. I, I love what you said about money helps improve your happiness, right? Cause we hear all these money is such a weird topic. So I love that you brought up money mindset, right. And that, that money can contribute to our happiness. It's not, what's going to make us happy, but when we have more time and we're able to free up resources, time and money and whatever other, you know, what we can share with people that creates a sense of freedom and that sense of freedom, a true freedom for us improves our happiness. So it's like this lovely water wheel of, of abundance and good feeling that we just need to prime it and get it going. So for our, for our listeners, you know, you might see a gap, you might see an opportunity and it has nothing to do with your passion, but could it help you pursue your passion? Exactly. And it's still for those of us, again, you know, like, I think I said this when we were warming up, like my husband works for a company, right? He's not an entrepreneur. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have people who work for me, so we need, we need people who aren't all, you know, we need, we need team members who aren't necessarily entrepreneurs in the world. So it's not a bad thing to have a nine to five, but if you hate working like that, like you did, and I, I did as well. Like I just, I always thought there was something wrong with me because I was constantly dissatisfied. Exactly. You, you felt like uh, without saying it, you were meant for like greater things, bigger things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I do believe I'm unemployable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I get that. And the one thing that you brought up that I want to kind of really drive that point, you know, for your audience as well, is we need people that are also, you know, just satisfied working their job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I respect everyone I work with. Like, uh, I help out when I can, but I respect my chief financial officer, my COO, the same as I respect a janitor was cleaning the floors of my office, right? I respect mm -hmm. everyone the same because without that janitor, 
working his, you know, eight to 10 hours, keeping the place clean for us to be able to, you know, work in a very sanitized, safe environment, that is respectable. And I, you know, I have the same uh, love for everyone. So um, whether or not you're going to become an entrepreneur or you're just going to work for the rest of your life, what's really important is, you know, you're happy, uh, you know, spiritually, mentally, and, you know, financially. So if you don't aspire to become a millionaire, that's okay. You know, if you aspire to just be able to have a home with two kids and your lovely wife or husband and a dog, that's cool, right? No one's going to judge you for that, but it's what's important to you. Absolutely. And I, and it's not, I think, you know, sometimes there's, you know, memes go around and really simplify, but there's so many layers and, and nuances to all of life. And, you know, it's entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I think you have to be willing to tolerate a good amount of risk and a lot of uncertainty, <laughs> especially in the beginning. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, those first two years were intense. And it, you know, it's okay. Sometimes, even if you're doing well, really dislike your company, <laughs> right? Like I have a colleague who posted something, which was hilarious. She has, she has brick and mortar businesses and she's a serial entrepreneur, but mostly in the brick and mortar realm. And she's like, listen, <laughs> let's be honest. I have had times when I have, you know, I wouldn't do it, but I've contemplated, you know, setting the building on fire, collecting the insurance money and just calling it quits. Like, oh my God, you know, it's going to happen that you're going to have. It's not all, it's not all sunshine and lollipops. There will be times when you know, you're really, really grinding. And mm-hmm. my, my intention for all people who are entrepreneurs, either as your full-time or a side hustle or whatever is to understand that uh, there are times to hustle. And then there's a time to glide and the hustle glide is somebody else's concept, which I've borrowed. And I really appreciate because, you know, in the beginning we're hustling, but what allows us to glide coming back to what we've been talking about is systems. So when we're launching something new or, or if we need to pivot our businesses a little bit, which how many of us pivoted in 2020, right? Like pivot was the 2020. Now it's like more like gentle course correction, but you know, it's okay because if we're doing something new or it's a shorter term, you know, new project or something different, that's a great time to hustle Mm -hmm. a launch or whatever, but our systems allow us to glide. And that's what gives us the freedom, right. To get to a place where you know, if we want to take some time off or we need to take some time off, we're able to do that and not be afraid that the business is going to fold underneath us. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. Um, and uh, you painted a great picture and I, I kind of want to paint another picture as well, as specifically when it comes to those two years that you're going through, you're saying, um, especially with entrepreneurship and something that, you know, we, we all need to realize is entrepreneurship is not easy. The fame and glory is there, but you have to work hard for it. Um, but when you start, entrepreneurship is like jumping off that really big cliff um, with hopes of a, you know, a net or something under to be able to catch you. So that way you don't hit your um, on the ground while you're coming down. So it's, it's scary. Uh, yeah. We never know what's going to be on the other side of it or what's going to turn out. Um, but as long as you believe in yourself, as you did, and as we all did for all the successful entrepreneurs, it's really just belief, commitment, and then just keep executing at the end of the day. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. If it's working and it's working well, don't change it unless you're launching something new. That's kind of my, if it, if it can be, I mean, we want to be innovative and all of that, you know, we don't want to become complacent, but like we don't change the things that are working well. 
we, if they can be then turned and automated, that's what we do internally, like at, at my company. Um, and I think that that's something that we all can start picturing, right. We may not be there yet, but it's definitely something to, to start picturing. And my mantra is automate anything and everything you can as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because for me, all that admin is very draining, right? All the detailed stuff. Like I'm, I'm very detailed when I deliver with clients, but the behind the scenes details, they have to be seen too. So they get seen too, but I find that really draining. So anything that can be automated or, you know, like my EA can handle great. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I would love to kind of pause here and ask how we can support you. Like where can, where can people learn about what you do and and how can we support you? Yeah. Um, the three best places that you can find and support me, uh, they're tracing for everyone that's listening is Instagram. I'm very active there and TikTok. Um, I just recently got on TikTok. So if you enjoy funny videos about dropshipping e-commerce, you find me there. Um, and it's just literally my first and last name, Jaden Vu, J-A-I-D-E-N-V-U. So V is in Victor, U is in university. You can find me there. Those are two of the primary spots that we are very active on. Um, and the third, the third joint that you can hang out on is probably the podcast. So okay. if you love anything e-commerce, uh, dropshipping, I was mentioning earlier um, in the podcast here, is um you know finding it on spotify uh, or uh, apple's podcast but yeah those are probably the three best areas you can support and connect with me on awesome well those will all be in the show notes so easily clickable in case you forget by the time you finish listening for our listeners but thank you i i think it's great what you're doing i feel like you're you know there's a lot of well there's a lot of noise on the internet right but i still see scrolling through Instagram occasionally, you know, how to start a dropship business, but they're like little sound bites and it looks super easy. And I think that might be somewhat misleading to people. So I love that you have created resources for people to come and learn how to do it so that they can experience success. I just think that's, it's so cool. I mean, I think what you're doing is actually very niche, even though you're, you know, teaching people to be broad in their product focus. So I love, I love that you saw that opportunity and you went and you filled that gap. It's really cool. Oh, and, and, and it's awesome that you're kind of noticing it, but it's like, I'm noticing it now as you brought it up, like I'm very niche when it comes to being able to work on my service side, because this mm-hmm. is a service uh, side of my business. But when it comes to e-commerce, I'm completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, and being flexible, like a chameleon, it's really, really important when it comes to e-commerce and in business as well, right? Nothing's ever going to go your way. You're always going to have curveballs thrown at you left, right, and center. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm like very niche when it comes to who I want to be able to reach and help out. Um, but when it comes to doing the e-commerce work, it's very broad. Yeah. It's cool. It's like, you get to, you get to straddle a fence and not actually have that be a negative thing. (laughs) You know, you get to do both, which is very cool. Uh, well, do you have any parting wisdom for our listeners? Anything, any piece of advice you'd like to leave with them? Oh, I have so many that I can think of. (laughs) Top three. (laughs) Um, First one that I would say is um, we all have 24 hours in a day. And this is very important to me. Now we sleep about eight hours. Let's just say a lot of us, you know, get our usual eight hours that's recommended. At least it was 16 hours. What you do with those 16 hours every single day is going to make a break wherever you want to see yourself in the next 10 years. 
Um, and the, the, the best way I can paint it is I wake up at, you know, five. So I sleep five or six hours, but I get an extra three hours every single day than most people. And uh, my mentor likes to put it in the sense that if you're awake while your competitors are sleeping, you already won, hmm. right? You're miles ahead. And if you multiply three by seven, that's 21. Multiply 21 by four, that's 44. So every month I'm getting 44 hours more than you if you're sleeping eight hours. And 44 hours can go a long way, uh, whether it's just for your job in the company to get a promotion because you're learning more. So you become more valuable as an asset in the company. Or for your business is you're, you know, you're learning more to grow it and different ways to market and strategize and scale. But uh, you cannot win if you're sleeping while your competitor who is in the same game as you um, is up early. Mm. So that we won parting wisdom. Um, last one I'll kind of share um, is knowledge, okay? but specifically applied knowledge. Uh, so my quote that I love to live by every single day is the more you learn, the more you will earn in a sense that not just absorbing everything you can, don't be the jack of all trades, but absorbing, you know, applicable knowledge that can really help whatever it is that you're doing in your industry grow. So it's like, I'm not sitting here watching Netflix every single day, but I am sitting here watching a lot of e-commerce trend videos or Dragon's Den or like Shark Tank, whatever, you know, people love to watch when it comes to entrepreneurship, because it helps me with e-commerce and drop shipping for my own business. Um, but I'm having fun while I'm doing it. So applicable knowledge, the more you learn is, you know, the more you earn. That'll be my last piece of wisdom I'll drop. I love that applicable knowledge, right? Cause we can, we can go and learn lots of stuff or we can stuff our brains with things that don't support us. And there's nothing wrong with the occasional zone out on Netflix, but what we do repeatedly is really what makes the biggest influence in our lives. So that's really, I love that applicable knowledge. Just Concise, very crisp. <laughs> oh, well, I have really enjoyed our conversation and I really appreciate you coming on today. I think there's a lot that our listeners are going to be learning and uh, they're definitely going to want to probably listen back and write down a few things and, and, uh, and learn from you. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me and I hope I gave some value to your audience and otherwise it was a lot of fun and um, I hope some of your audience will reach out don't be a stranger and connect with me if you got some value absolutely thanks again thank you for listening to this episode of entrepreneur mindset reset be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show as you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracytrapesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.